Welcome to the Building Doctor Show with Jens Johansson. All right, welcome to the Building Doctor Show. I am your host, Jens Johansson. Glad to see you here to learn more about your buildings. This is a free webinar where we share information and resources to help you keep your buildings in good condition and therefore maximum value and keep your community happy and not fighting with one another. So we're coming to you at the end of April, episode 14, maybe 15. We have parking garages collapsing in New York and Washington, D.C. We've got houses sliding down hillsides in Utah. Now is the time to get educated about your buildings. So today's show is about all things condo owners should know. So we are training your residents so you don't have to. I know a lot of our audience is boards and managers, but we wanted to create a show you could share with your residents and bring, it to, bring them into the light about how to live in an HOA and learn to love it. Unfortunately, we're seeing a rise or an uptick in HOA meeting arguments and anxiety around the work or working as a team and getting things done. And it seems like a lot of that can be traced back to just understanding a few things about HOA life. So hopefully this show will cause some light bulbs to go on about ways you can communicate better with communities. Pay attention. I might or might not be giving away some secrets. Why does the board of the property manager always seem to be ahead of us just a little bit? So this show is directed at you, the resident. Learn some tips and tricks about just, you know, how can we make living here a little bit easier? So my hope is that I'll have everyone mad at me by the end of the show, but we need to talk about this stuff. The world is full of some extra stress right now. And, you know, if we can learn a couple new ways to make the community better, then it's a win. So you'll see a new headshot for me. Uh, you know, go into the chat, tell me you're there, but also tell me what you think of that hair. So you see the first slide and you'll see the second You'll see me in a different style. We had two headshots in there. So the one with the black sweatshirt, kind of flat toppy there. I don't mm, I think the hair got a little, you know, maybe the clippers got a little close, maybe too much uh, hair product in there, got a little thing. I'm not, eh, I don't know if I like it, but throw some in the chat and let me, let me see what you're saying. So um, today, today's show sponsor, sponsored by J2 Consultants. We are fantastic group of engineers, designers, and project managers that help diagnose, prescribe, and treat sick buildings. So just like a doctor who diagnosed the problem, prescribe the right plan and help you treat the problem by overseeing the contractors to make sure they put it back together correctly. You can find J2 in Seattle, Washington, Portland, Oregon, and Salt Lake City, Utah, and the surrounding states and find them on the web at j2consultants.com. We're picking up projects in Idaho and Wyoming. So if anyone is a vandal or cowboy, give it up in the chat and we'll send you some uh, you know, cups for the next game day party. So let's jump into the chat real quick and see if we had uh, some air trash comments. Joe says electrified air. Thank you, Joe. I'll even take that as a compliment. All right. The, uh, let's see, poll, now that you know where we are from, we always run a little poll just to make sure we can tailor this to you. So if it's more audience, if the audience is more boards or, you know, managers, we can kind of tailor some of that to you. So poll, launch it. And it's just simple four questions. Tell us where you're from, that kind of thing. 
and we're going to set. So this format of the show is webinar based. The goal here is that you can bring your questions and get them answered live at the end of the show. The second goal is that you can forward this webinar around to your other board members. Uh, we understand it's Tuesday at 3.30 and not everybody can take time off and watch a webinar. And if you're like me, I'll watch my webinars on the weekend or in the evening and just watch them at fast speed. So I'm actually making this hard. Because so if you're going to watch me in 2x at this speed I'm talking, it's going to be binging. So anyway, <clears throat> uh, and it's just a longer form format than a lot of the postings we put out there. Uh, but be sure to follow our YouTube videos. We've got over 300 out on, out on the tube now. And we're also putting a lot of things up on social. And so let's see with all those uh, social channels, jtconsultants.com. So let's let's run back to the poll. Insert or check that poll. We're going to end that poll. Everybody's from Washington, at least to fill things out. Board members, homeowners. I was curious. How did you hear about us? Newsletter project managers. We've been through repair projects. It's always an interesting one. Yes, a big one. All three of you have been through these. So good to know. Sharing those results. And we're going to stop. Okay. Great. All right. Uh, disclaimers. Hey, the show is free. Put away your credit card. We aren't selling you anything. Number two, I'm just some dude on the internet that wants to help you run your building better. So I'm not giving you legal, financial, or engineering advice, and I'm not a medical doctor. So I have just helped thousands of people with their building problems and seen what's worked and what hasn't worked. And so we're going to share that information with you and folks that have benefits you. So the final items, you will see a new producer, Ben the producer. Brooke the producer is on maternity leave. She had a wonderful baby girl and she's coming back, but Ben is gonna be running your chat. Ben, you can, you can turn your video on so everybody can see you. You will see Ben in some TikTok videos. He likes to get in front of the camera. So check us out over there. And Ben's gonna be running that. And if you have questions, remember to put those in the Q&A tab. The chat's more for the chit-chatter on Jens's hairdo. So we're going to move on. If that'll work for us. Boom. Today's agenda, we've got nine topics for your residents from their perspective. So a lot of times we are talking um, to the words of the managers. And so... We're going to be talking about everything. We're going to be talking about everything from the residents' perspective, including overthrowing tyrannical boards. So stay tuned. So looks boring. Roles of communication, you know, things like that. We're going to, we're going to cover it. But from the residents' perspective, number one reasons we get of what are governing documents? You know, being a good neighbor. We're all in this together. Insurance, how that works. How to control costs. Buy and sell tips. Uh, renting and what that means. You know, am I moving into a hotel or an Airbnb community, or am I, or can I rent my unit if I buy in there? Um, topics on listing to professionals and special topics to deal with problems. Here's about overthrowing boards. So stick around, put your questions in the QA. We will have a drawing. So let's dive in. All right. Roles and communication with a picture. Oh, with you know, two gingerbread men jumping around here. Okay, so the number one thing we hear is how do I get a hold of my board? I don't even know who the board is. The board keeps changing. 
How do I, who manager? I only get nasty guys from a manager. I never hear from them until I get fined for something. Neighbors, I wish I could get a hold of my neighbors. You know, sometimes I play the musical loud. I wish I could call them. Is there a directory? Is there a bulletin board? Are there online social groups, et cetera? And so how do your people talk to, talk to the board or talk to your neighbors or talk to the manager? So now let's get to the board. Your board are your elected officials. You have democracy to elect them, but then they make the decisions for you. So again, in this one, we're going to use a 30 flex. We're going to talk about a 30 unit. It could have multiple buildings, whatever, but it's just 30 units. A lot of, a lot of our places are 300 units. So about 30 places. Hey, I'm going to elect four people to make all the decisions, and they're going to make the best decisions they can in a business reasonable you know, fiduciary duty thing for me. But I'm not going to be consulted on every decision. Now, I'm going to be asked to come to some meetings, special meetings, maybe twice a year where there's some votes. And the vote only has to pass by some kind of standard like 65%. So again, if I'm living in a 30 unit and there's nine of us that are opposed to this, you know, strip and reflat or this million dollar repair or this roof job, that's only 30%. So even though there's 30% of it, 30% 30 30 of us that are against it, the bar is only at 65%. So it passes just fine. So that's where the democracy stops. So we see this, we see this at meetings all the time. We say, but I'm here and voting. This sucks. You know, why can't you, why can't you, you know, do this for me? And it's like, we're just following the rules and the numbers and the things like that. So as a board advocate, I would say, if you don't like what the board's doing, get on the board. I'm sure they would welcome you to the board. So <clears throat> that's what a board or a pushback there. We thought we were in a democracy. What if, and worse, what if you run it in the negative vote? Meaning, a negative vote means this will pass unless it's voted down by 65% of the population. So be careful of that negative vote. Now, instead of just, now, instead of needing 65 to pass, I need 65 to vote it down. So woo, watch out for that. So <clears throat> we'll get into where you find those things later. But then, you know, neighbors, hey, it's good to just have a directory getting in touch. But who's the property manager? What does the property manager do? I thought they were my on-call servant. I thought they were my desk concierge. I thought they would do everything I wanted them to do. Property manager helps you run the property, get things done, helps you stay in compliance and handles the accounting. So everybody paying their bill and their finances and their fees and things like that. Helps the community be a community. So that's what a property manager does. They aren't your concierge. And that's why they don't necessarily call you back every single second there. So, okay. Next slide. There we go. So how do I know what these voting percentages are? Bylaws or governing documents, what are those? I never got those. Number one. Number one. Yes, you did. You absolutely had to receive them when you signed your purchase and sale documents. 
Go look them up. Go find them. You did find them. And, okay, great. You bought it 10 years ago. Ask for another one. Ask your board or ask your manager. A lot of times your governing documents are even on a website link now. You can download these things. Here's what, here's what they start with. Start with a rule book. So, again, are you playing chess and your opponent is playing checkers? So if you don't know the rules, all of a sudden they're able to move their pieces all over the board. And you're like, what just happened? I just got hoodwinked here. Well, it's because you don't know the rules. And so it's a rule book. Understand the rules. Um, but where are the holes? And the holes, I mean, are what things aren't discussed in the rules. And so we jump over to holes. Here's our pretty fence. Isn't this a pretty fence? So is there a rule about painting your fence green and white striped and just being the loudest fence on the block? Or is there a you know, architectural subcommittee that needs to be consulted about what you're doing so that we have some kind of neighborhood uniformity? What if they paint their house pink? Is there a rule against doing that? What if they put a jungle gym in the middle of their driveway? How about boats? How about blue tarps? How about carports? How about fences? Uh, how high can they be? What they, you know, just on and on and on. So what now that I've found the holes, I've read the rules and found the holes, what should be changed? These are your rules, your community. Let's get them changed if you need to get them changed. So you know, is there an architectural subcommittee, like I said, to approve this? I don't know how many board fights, not, not even fights, lawsuits that we have consulted on because I can see his boat in his backyard and it says in the bylaws that boats should not be visible from the street. And I literally watched the owner cover it with a tarp. And the guy said, well, I can still see your boat under the tarp. Well, you can't, you can see the tarp. You can't see my boat. Ooh, zing, 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 where does it go? But you see where that's going. So start getting some clarity around, here's what are in the rules. Here's how we communicate. Here's the roles. Uh, here's how you do these things. So uh, get things done that aren't governed by the rules. So we don't need a rule for everything, but how do you get things done? Secret. Volunteer. Volunteers get stuff done. Why are volunteers liked so much? Because they do stuff. Why are we scared to tell a volunteer no? Because they'll stop doing what they're doing. And so we don't want them to not do that. So we give them all sorts of power of, oh, you better approve uh, that person's request. They're the head of the landscaping committee, and there's certainly one that weeds pulled up from. Oh. oh, hey, wait, I found a superpower source that isn't elected. They operate under the radar. They're volunteers, so they have protected status. So just like anything that can be powerful, it can be used negatively or positively. So just make sure that, okay, what kind of unwritten rules and what kind of unwritten subcommittees are out here and who's really calling the shots. And yeah, there's a board that I elected, but there's also, who's this architectural subcommittee telling me what I can and can't do? And they aren't elected. How do I get those guys off of it? Because they're saying no color, uh, you know, their, their palette is black and white. I want color. So be aware of that. Form your own subcommittee. Offer to do some volunteer work. Offer to take charge of something. 
That's how you'll be a little bit in the know and you won't be under the uh, regulations, if you will, that the board is. And if you're a board member, keep an eye on your subcommittees. See how that, you know, there's a tension there, but let's figure out how to run and get rid of his <laughs> fences. Okay. Next one's on roles and communication. Studies show a higher level of safety and trust in the community and, and a whole bunch of other stuff too, like better scholastic scores for the kids, better resale value, better, you know, just on and on and on. Repeat that. Studies show a higher level of safety and trust in the community where higher levels of voting occur. <laughs> have more votes than you'll have, you know, give people a say. And so that's that schedule regular meetings, you know, for, and, and have agendas. And so this isn't about, my comments here on town halls and social get-togethers we covered in, I think, in episode 11, but it's have town hall meetings where no votes happen, simply for information gathering and sharing. The board is immersed in this problem all the time. The residents aren't, and they need a chance to kind of get caught up. So that town hall meeting looks like, hey, we've engaged day two. They're looking at the decks. The reason they're looking at the decks is because you guys complained about your decks leaking and dripping and being unsafe. And so we had you to do it. They're going to cover their, you know, findings report at this next meeting, come for the meeting. There's not going to be any vote going on. We're just going to talk about it. And then anybody who has worked in meetings understands that we get them to think it's their idea, they'll have more buy-in, right? So maybe the board is saying, hey, okay, great. Thanks for coming today. What do you guys think we should do? And so we raise their hand. Well, we should probably go get some bids, huh? Oh yeah, good idea. Good idea. Let's go get some bids. So but since they brought it up, you know, so it's kind of town hall feel. And that way we can have town hall one, town hall two, town hall three with meeting minutes and dates, and we can talk about it, and then we can come to our special meeting and say, okay, in Town Hall 1, we discussed this. In Town Hall 2, we discussed that. In town Hall 3, we discussed that. We're ready to have a vote. Wait a minute, vote? Hey, well, no, no, we said anything about Well, no, we've had a series of meetings. We're ready now. So the same, same thing with social gatherings, you know, holidays and summer parties. You can say, hey, here's what we're working on. We're just here to have ice cream and hot dogs today. But here's what we're working on to run this community and make it run better. Um, so that's kind of that. And it was interesting studies show <laughs> a better community with higher levels of voting. Anyway, um, roles in communication, getting things done, you know, being courteous and respectful goes a long way. There's that phrase of honey attracts more flies than vinegar. So when you Google this, you realize attracting flies. Dead cats, garbage, and feces attract a lot more flies than honey, and vinegar didn't attract any kind of flies because it's, it's an acid. But you know what Grandma's saying was, sweetness attracts what you're trying to attract a lot more than sour, sour and negativeness. But, uh, you know, bottom line, I'm not trying to attract flies. I'm worried about dead cats. But being courteous, being treated in a courteous and respectful manner is a, our basic human needs. Everybody wants to feel respected. Everybody wants to be treated in a courteous manner. And we can do that as a free of charge, right? It, it doesn't cost anything. And so that goes a long way. Uh, and when you're vinegary, 
that's a good way to get shunned, ignored, blocked, uh, canceled. And oh, that guy put his request way down there. He's a jerk. Okay. So the encouragement job goes along. And then I think one of the final things on this kind of topic is being a good neighbor. Okay. We move into HOAs so that we don't have to. Uh, so, I mean, we can be a community. We don't have to buy our own basketball hoop. We don't have to buy our own workout equipment. We don't have to buy our own hot tub. We don't have to mow our own lawn. Uh, we, we can share these things. Uh, and, you know, we can have one common meeting room, one fire pit, you know, that, that type of thing. So, we sharing is caring. Neighborhood watch. Again, those studies say trust, security. Uh, value all goes up when you know your neighbors, you know their name, you got to keep an eye on. Uh, I, I, I want to travel. I want to be able to lock the door. I want to not be able to worry about it. Amazon package shows up. You know, I can even text my neighbor because what? I have a directory and I know who that neighbor is and I've knocked on their door and I've talked to them at the social gathering and I've talked to them at town halls and I can say, hey, can you grab my package? Man? Thank you. I'll cover you next time. You know, like a family, we're going to argue, but hopefully we have each other's backs. Right? Brother and sister don't always get along, but they have the same last name, same blood. They, they kind of come together over the fence and they express ideas. Now, you know, these two guys, I don't know. This guy's kind of trying to sell an idea about uh, maybe a possible assessment. This guy, I don't know, he's thinking about it. He's not having any of it. Maybe he doesn't trust him with that super button of cardigan there that uh, he's kind of wondering, what are you hiding under there? Why are you buttoning everything? Sorry. Clip art, clip art. We can pick on clip art. And then welcoming. We know people are, you know, coming into the community all the time. How are we welcoming the newbie, welcoming the stranger, getting them integrated? This isn't a click. You're part of us. Here's how we want you acting. Here's the FAQs. Here's... You know, here's how you're going to get in trouble, you know, if you park your boat or paint your face green or do, do those things. And so, here you go, being a good thing. So this is kind of the last little bit of that stuff. So we're talking, we're sharing, we're communicating, we get it. We're, now, we're in this together as a group. This is the second most misunderstood concept and that means since I live on the first floor, why should I be paying for fourth floor roof leaks? Not in my unit. Or the damage we are talking about here today at this town hall is to building 12. And I live in building four. So I shouldn't have to pay for any of this. Nope. So that you, you gave up all those things to share the barbecue and not mow your lawn and have the fitness center and things like that. So. We're all in this together. Now, the advantage of that is that we can divide that roof cost by one thirtieth of a share. So the 30 people that live in the unit, they pay their portion. So instead of that big house you moved out of prior to moving into the condo complex, you had to pay one one hundredth of that roof job. So the one one thirtieth effect goes into play. Which, which is nice, uh, you spread the cost around. But like I said, why, why do I have to pay for that? I don't really that doesn't affect me. Nope, it's a common element, common, common thing. Anything exterior, 
I mean, just exterior envelope of the building, you're helping pay for. Um, moving at the speed of everyone, and this is this is kind of the next thing. Why is this taking so long? Well, we have to have a town hall meeting. We have to have a vote. The governing documents say I got to send out these documents and proxy sixty days in advance, and then I need the thirty day announcement prior to this vote, and then we have to count. And blah, blah, blah. There's dates. There's times. There's things, and so the impatientness of Hey, I, I could. I used to be able to just make this decision because I lived in a house, and that's because I was paying one and one hundredth of the price for one, all of it. And why do I have to wait? Why do we have to wait because we have these rules. We got to notify everybody. We got to do this stuff, and we need to bring everyone along with us. And so that's where we see a lot of friction. Of fifty percent of the population has been at these meetings and voted for it. And Last minute, the other 40%, because 10% don't show up at any meeting, but the other 40% show up and go, what's going on? Why am I voting on this? Ah, dig my heels in because I haven't been here. So that's the moving at the speed of everyone. And if you don't bring everybody along, it's going to be chunky and slow. So figuring that out. The um, common area versus limited area. So again, my patio or my deck that only I can access is a limited common area versus a common area with siding and roof. Uh, windows are those common or are those limited common? You're governing by, you know, your governing documents will tell you that. Sometimes there's some rules about you're responsible for coding your own deck because we think as a board, maybe properly or improperly, you're the only one using it. You're the only one damaging it with the metal chair leg that scratches it and rips it. So you get to pay for everything. Well, let's go to those rules again. Remember the rules we're supposed to read? And the rules we're supposed to modify just in case we didn't like them. So make sure you understand the difference common area and limited common area. And then just, you know, in general, it goes back to the rules of the group to follow. So we're all in this together now. We've communicated, we're being good neighbors, we're doing this stuff. We act as a 30 plex. We don't act as 12 separate buildings or even 30 separate units. We are one big ship going down the ocean here and, and working in it together. We're all in this together. Hey, insurance. We covered this in episode 12 in February. So the number one thing we see misapplied by managers, boards, and even lawyers is how insurance, deductibles, policies, who covers what, why do we see that? It's because the insurance policies change every year, literally. It's a new year, new policy, so we might have tweaked something. So what was there last year? Oh, we've always done it this way. Well, because the insurance contract says you're going to do it a certain way. And then your governing documents may have changed along the way. So what do we mean? Then? Who pays for what? what? What do you do in an insurance law situation with deductibles? So deductibles is becoming an even more important thing. The master policy deductibles we're seeing rise to $25,000, $30,000 deductibles. That means if you as a unit owner are responsible for paying the master policy's deductible before insurance kicks in, 
you will be paying $24,000 before the $25,000 deductible starts. So on $1,000 deductible, your policy at $500. So pay attention. You might be hit big time. And so what do I need? My unit flooded your unit. On the third floor, my toilet overflowed. My kid ran the tub too long. If there's air, water leaked into your unit on the second floor. Pretty clear about what happened where. But if the water hit the floor and ran horizontally like it does and finds every hole to go down, go down through the building, it often goes down through the elevator shaft. Now the elevator has to be taken out of commission and that shaft cleaned up. And then that affects everybody. And then maybe it cooled out into the hallway, flooded some of the hallways, burned out some light fixtures. Who pays for the hallway? Because that's common area. And then hallway carpet, that's common area. Okay. So we start building this scenario of your toilet overflowed, but it affected residents around you as well as common area, as well as this. So how do those insurance policies flush together? And given the fact that the policies change nearly every year, the policies are supposed to follow the governing documents. There. And so make sure you're reading them, make sure you're covered as a resident. And so look at your HO6, called the homeowners addendum. And they have, most of them now have minimums included. They'll have, we'll pay a thousand bucks towards any unplanned assessment. And then what, what, our, uh, what our guest on, who was an insurance agent, was telling us it's super cheap to add additional value to that assessment insurance policy. So if you want to bring it up to 50,000, if you want to bring it up, I think it was 50,000 was $16 a month or a year or something. It was just ridiculous. So very easy. Make sure you have one. It's kind of like renter's insurance. So if you move from an apartment to a condo, the apartment as part of your lease said thou shalt have renter's insurance period and thou shalt name the building and the building owners and management company as additionally insured. So maybe you as a board maybe want to think about a plan like that. We want, we want you to provide proof that you have an HO6 policy. And while you're at it, you make the board additionally insured. I don't know, but talk, talk to your HOA about that or HOA attorney about that. But Insurance is a big deal now, especially with deductibles coming up to twenty-five thousand, and then uh, you know getting getting in trouble. One one more thing, you know, when uh, HOAs require the residents to replace their windows, I think we talked about this a couple of episodes ago as well. So a poor window install damaged the exterior siding. So window installed on the third floor flooded the second and third floor and the exterior siding, and a whole bunch of work had to be done out there. One of the questions came back, why should I care? The exterior element, exterior, uh, you know, uh, common, common element, siding and stuff like that is paid for by the association. I don't care. I was like, oh, well, that's kind of snippy. But one thirtieth of it. And so, you know, I as a resident would be like, do I want chucking a truck construction, doing it wrong and then damaging it? Now I have to pay some more because Dumbo didn't hire a good contractor. Oh, okay. So then there's this give and take. Maybe, maybe there's maybe there's a policy or a system that says, here's how, here's how you will install windows. And it might be a little bit more expensive, but we're not going to have 
on a damage happening later that we all have to pay for because somebody didn't do it right. So those are things that kind of slip through. That's that's on the insurance side. Okay, we are freaking right along. This is where I get my water break in here. Uh, do you need any extra advice? Here's the old headshot. You can look at that headshot. I like the hair a little bit better. It wasn't so flat toppy. So anyway, does any of this sound familiar so far? If you want to get on a free 15-minute call with me to get some free specific advice for your building, scan the QR code, go to learn.j2consults.com and consultants.call. And you can schedule, make sure right in the calendar, you can find the time that works for you. So Uh, at that call, I'm going to see if, if we're the right fit and see if you need us. And I'm going to probably say, man, you don't need consultant for that crack. Nowadays, you can get on Zoom and just, hey, let me show you a quick FaceTime with you real fast. Yeah, ooh, you got a problem there. Or here's what I'd be worried about. And we'll give you a proposal or, eh, call a river. So that's how this works. Okay, how to control costs. I'm a resident and I'm really sick and tired of my dues continuing to go up. Um, how do I keep the costs down? So come back to that subcommittee. You have how many retired guys in, in the community that have a full garage full of tools that are looking for something to do uh, on their non-golf days and they want to be part of something bigger. And so it's just some people like gardening, some people like just maintaining things and changing light bulbs. So we go over to the, you know, go to the scenario where every maintenance dispatch is going to be 90 bucks an hour. And you've got an hour to get there, an hour to, you know, five minutes to change the light bulb, but I'm going to take an hour because I'm going to polish the bulb and I'm going to put it in there and I'm going to walk around the site, take some notes, take some pictures, and fill out a report and do this and do that. So here's an hour to be on site, an hour to drive back. Three hours, 90 bucks an hour is $270 to change a light bulb. But wait a minute, it, back, back in the apartment complex, I didn't have to worry about this idea. It's an apartment, right? Okay, it's a community, homeowners. And so whenever, you know, and there's always somebody that says, oh, a piece of garbage needs to be picked up. Why needs to pick that up? Or, no, oh, I'm going to complain about this hall light being burned out and I need it repaired immediately. Okay, so what if you had a facilities subcommittee? What if you had a work party committee? What if you just had, a, you know, like a landscaping committee, pull some weeds and do some things. And at the end of the year, give these guys a $500 gift card. I mean, that's half the price of one service call at 270 bucks or price to price of one service call. And so one service call, I'm gonna have 50 of those. And so that's a way to control costs. Use some subcommittees, use some volunteers, have some work parties. Yeah, we just had in my neighborhood, just you know, planting new flowers around the front sign. And people like to get out, you know, props on social media. And hey, here's what we worked on. Everybody loves it. Um, but remember to thank them. Remember to praise them. Remember to, you know, give them a gift card. Um, and then work on the budget. Be involved. Don't copy last year's. Watch your budgets. So I think we have a whole webinar dedicated to budgets, um, <clears throat> but it's really what to look for. Not necessarily how to cut, 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 but budgets are great because they give you permission to spend. 
and that's the flip side of the coin of budget forces me to cut back. Well, hmm, uh, you know, if I got $500 in that category, I can spend $500 because that's been approved. And so set up your budget correctly, make sure you, you know, stay on top of things, but don't just mail that in. Um, but I think the real secret there is having volunteer subcommittees. And pe people are interested. They want to they participate. Okay, buy and sell tips. The, uh, so I'm buying into the community. I'm a buyer. And so ask for the reserve study. Read it. That's the budget thing saying you got to save this much for a new roof in five years. Or you got to save this much or you are either properly funded, you have enough money in the bank to cover you know, the planned projects that you think you should have. Or you don't. You're operating totally at a negative, and anytime we need to turn around and order toilet paper for the lobby bathrooms, we're going to be assessing you. So, and then another big red flag if it comes back, <laughs> there's rules saying you need to do them. Uh, and it's again along that budgeting cycle of are we on track? Is this reasonable? Do we have money in the bank? Do I want to buy into a community that? has a negative reserve study or just out of control reserve study where they can't find it and haven't done it in a while, that's a buyer tip. Um, but another buyer tip, ask for and read the last three meeting minutes from the board meetings. That'll be 90 days on a normal 30-day cycle. And you'll be able to see, hey, here's what we're talking about. Here's what we're struggling with. You can filter out all the, you know, unit number 201's cat got out and chased a bird. And, yeah, but at least you might also get some flavor of it. Oh, my cats. At least they didn't shoot the cat. So you'll see some meeting minutes, and it's, it's, you'll get a flavor for what they're talking about. If the meeting minutes are full of, we're talking to J2 about their two-year inspection process, and they're looking at a significant strip and reclad because of structural damage and all sorts of things, you'll see this coming. And so... And I'll, and I'll get into that in a second. But it just kind of gives you a flavor for what's happening. Um, as a buyer, and even as a seller, and I guess the seller's the last bullet. Well, next bullet. As a buyer, check the seller disclosure form. It's called Form 17. And ask the manager as well for any knowledge of special assessments, claims, litigation, or other known projects on the horizon. The Form 17 keeps changing. It used to say, are there any known litigation? Is there any lit litigation pending? Now they say, is there any known projects or known things coming up? Here's the difference. So I've, I've seen it. I've seen people say, you know what? Um, I, as a board member, uh, have been working for two years with the building envelope consultant. I know this is coming. I'm going to quit the board. I'm going to sell my unit. Buyer comes in, board seller says, hey, uh, there's no pending litigation. Okay, fantastic. There's no pending litigation. That's great. So litigation means a lawsuit has been filed. It just says we haven't filed a lawsuit yet. But the meeting minutes show that I, as the board member, are directing all these repair things. And so then... Then it comes down to the end of, well, it's technically not an assessment until we vote on it and the vote passes and then it becomes a 
uh, an official assessment. So we don't have to tell you that it's an assessment yet until we've had a super vote. So this is, well, known projects. I'm getting bids from contractors for $3 million. Why would I be getting bids if I didn't know the project? So that's the tricky thing. Check the seller's closure, make sure if there's any questions in there, and just kind of say, hey, I want a little bit more information. Or let me get something out of the manager. Hey, do we know anything about this? Uh, maybe attend. Uh, I've seen sellers attend board meetings or HOA meetings and just get a flavor for, is this group positive or negative? Or are they you know, getting along? Things like that. So as a seller, that's the fourth point. Know about pending meetings where you check any box because you may not know about it because you haven't attended any meetings and any you know events so you don't know about it but it's coming and it's in every agenda of the town hall every agenda of the special meetings listed right there you will get sued by the buyer you knew about this this was posted on the bulletin board this was emailed to everybody you it's not my problem you didn't open your email you knew about this and you said there wasn't any and so i want you to pay for my assessment we're seeing that so um, an interesting as the seller, often to provide an introduction to your buyer. I've seen a couple, couple of these happen where it's like, you know what? Um, I'm going to introduce you to the to the family. I'm going to introduce you to the clique. Here's the neighbors. Go, hey, you know, oh hi Bob, how are you? Oh, you're selling. How's the move going? Yeah, well, I've already had it. Here's my buyer. It's just Steve, and Steve's a good guy, and I want you to introduce them. And so, has to get introduced or offer to get introduced. What a great, you know, smoothing the way for that transaction. So, buyer seller tips, watch out. Ask around. Okay, renting. Before I want to move into a complex, I want to know if there's a rental cap or if there's maybe a short-term rental regulation, short-term rental, Airbnb, I don't want to pick on them, but, but, uh, you know, any kind of those rent online. So uh, is there a rental cap? Is it 20%? Uh, is it following state law? State law is changing on a lot of this stuff. And, you know, we want higher density. We want more units. So we're beginning to look the other way on restricted rental caps. But here's, you know, and then is it being followed? Ask the manager. Our, you know, I know it says 20%, but feels like 50. Oh, yeah, we just stopped paying attention. Well, how is it being followed? Are you asking Are you asking to know who's in the unit? Are you asking owners to submit copies of the lease agreement? Are you, you know, there's some pending Washington legislation on this right now. Uh, so pay attention to this. Because am I moving into an apartment or hotel complex? Or am I moving into a owned condominium. I kind of want to know because studies, again, studies have shown ownership or having a stake in the interest increases the safety, trust, and livability benefits uh, as opposed to an apartment or as opposed to a, hey, I don't know who you are. You aren't the same guest that was here two nights ago, uh, short-term rental, you know, VRBO, and you got people treating it like a rental car having a party and messing with the pool and, and because they have no 
they have no responsibility. I won't be here tomorrow, so I can be an absolute clown in the pool today. So, um, anyway, just understand that. Uh, make sure the tenant and owner's contact information is available. It's on that dis. Uh, it's on that directory. Um, do the tenants know the rules? The owners, we've asked them to read the bylaws and, and governing documents, but do the tenants and do the tenants and owners get in trouble or both is an either or um, if, and then can you hold your tenant, can you hold the owner accountable for the tenant's actions? And so we're seeing some of that. Well, so I didn't do it. Well, your tenant did. Well, there's nothing in the rules that says I have to be responsible for the tenant. <clears throat> a tenant goes and causes you know, all sorts of damage. Um, can the board step in and, you know, or, or the, in, in the one I'm thinking about, the owner was afraid of the tenant. The tenant has threatened me. I'm not going to call him to tell him to be quiet. You got to call the cops. So now all of a sudden, the association is playing management company and police officer and security to protect the rest of the residents from the offsite owner. So, eh, are there rules around that? Are there bylaws around that? Is there teeth around that? Uh, can we foreclose on your unit because your resident is out of control, because your tenant's out of control? Can we fine you to pieces? Can we prevent you from doing it again because you clearly don't know how to run a you know, rental operation? Everybody wants to think they can get rich and it's like, well, there's time and money and effort involved in that. And uh, you don't have any of it. So, or you're so far off site, you know, hey, I can work remote, we'll move to the Ozarks, <laughs> see ya. Like, who's watching your unit? Who's talking to your tenant? Well, nobody will want to save money. I didn't hire a property manager. Uh, so make sure you understand around that. How, how do those things happen? What are the rules? And then understand owners vote, tenants don't. So tenants will show up and they'll say, hey, I live in this unit. I know you do. Are you an owner? Because you're not part of the governing documents of a tenant typically. And so letting tenants drive policy or drive you know, things that happen here versus a group of owners. So just make sure you understand that stuff. All right, listen to your professionals. Um, what do I mean by this? As, as a resident, so not, I mean, the board hires the professionals, they make the decision for the association to hire the consultant or the contractor or whatever. But the resident still gets to talk to them and still kind of gets to, you know, ask them questions and do that. So, hey, verify their work, verify their credentials, verify their insurance. You know, hey, you know, are you an engineer? Do you have engineers on staff? Are you licensed? Do you have insurance? Oh, you don't have, oh, you're just, oh, you're not any of those and you don't have any insurance. So how are we as the owners going to be covered if you do something improper? Uh, and then just understand their vested interest. Uh, are, they, are they desperate? And that's where I get into, you can smell a desperate salesman. And so, yeah, or, you know, or are they also putting their money where their mouth is? And so will they sign a contract right now to do the work? 95% of the time they're doing what they're supposed to. 
But if they're there kind of giving you a, well, you don't really have to do that, and you don't believe them, uh, will you sign a contract right now to do the work and put your insurance and money on the line? Oh, no, 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 no. I got I got work. So put your money where your mouth is or ask them to do that. So just do a little bit of background. Are they licensed? Are they insured? Do they, why are they there? Um, listen to the group of professionals. You usually have a consultant, a manager, a uh, lawyer. If they're, you know, if they can talk about, you know, hey, these, are, these guys are great. They've been doing a long time. I've done several projects with them. Here's how they're different. And so that way you're not, I'm the best, I'm the best. Somebody else is telling the group that, hey, they do good work. And here's, here's some other associations you can really talk to, here's references. Now, if you still have a funny feeling, go get a second opinion. Um, you know, some of these repairs can be big, they can be expensive. And so, you know, to, can we get a second opinion on this? Can we, and I know it's gonna cost more. Can we get that moving? Can we, can we just get two to say, yes, you gotta do it. And that way we feel a little bit better. And so those, those are ways where you can get over um, some questions about the professionals. But bottom line, if they're insured, if they're willing to put their money where their mouth is and they're willing to sign a contract, then hold them to it, uh, but listen to them. So understand that if you don't, listen to them. You better find another one that you can cling to so that you can protect yourself and be protected by your directors and officers of insurance. What do I mean by that? Here comes a report that says, oh, it's going to cost $50,000 a unit from J2. And the board says, ah, J2 is stupid. They're out to lunch. And, okay, you're you're you are making a decision from a licensed professional that you don't need to listen to. And so we have a business standard or business reasonableness that says, I'm a volunteer board member. I'm protected by my insurance as long as I listen to what my professionals say. So if you're going to disregard what first professional says, you need to go get a second one. And they need to have a second report that says, oh yeah, the first guy was out to Totally wrong. You don't have to do anything. And that's where you come back with that question. Okay, great. So will you stamp that? Will you stamp that with your professional stamp and stand behind the fact that you don't have to do anything? Will you, oh no, I think I can do it for 10,000 a year. Okay, great. Will you sign a contract that says you can do that work for 10,000 bucks a year and we want to hire you because you say you can do it and it sounds reasonable to us. Will you do it? Will they start back down? Oh, wow, wow. Some excuse that I can't. So we can smell, we can smell some stuff there. So just um, <clears throat> if you're going to disregard your professional, find another one to back them up. Understand you'll probably be breaking some of your own rules to come up with another plan, but also understand that you may have some lingering liability if you ignore the professionals, break the rules, then sell, or worse, stay on operating as your own island. Uh, the worst one is the board member who quits and sells. The second worst one is the board member who stays on and denies everything. And as a student, we don't have to do it. We just finished up a big, a big case that went to trial. And they had a nice several million dollar claim. 
and uh, it passed through everything and except for the timing and the jury said well they didn't get their thing turned in and done why because one of the board members was in denial about that so now you have four or five board members looking at the original board members saying you lost us the case and money and coverage Ugh, that's not gonna be very fun at the mailbox not gonna be very fun at the meeting so listen to your professionals listen to what they have to say um, and and poke them a little bit and just verify that they're competent and they're doing a good job and that you can trust them and if they want to get get going on the work get them going on the work okay special topics <laughs> Number nine. Here's the one we're here's the one we're worried about. Okay, so these are examples of why we get some pushback or where we've seen pushback recently in meetings, and they've gotten just vocal and swearing and all sorts of things. So the first uh, the first topic is denial. So the whole association denies everything, or a big loud advocacy group denies it. And basically, fallacy, you know, fallacy denial. Uh, you don't have any rebuttal proof. We have the proof. We've pulled off the site. We've pulled off the plan. We can show you water damage, gypsum sheathing in this picture. We can show you a brand new window improperly installed because the, the fin was cut off and it was caulked in place. And we can show you the gaps around the window. We can show you the gaps around the sill. It's not supported correctly. And just to hear people say, my window doesn't, you know, my unit doesn't leak. Well, how do you know? Your wall was six inches thick. The water is hitting this outside gypsum sheathing layer and disintegrating it. It's slowly working its way through the framing. It hasn't made it to the inside of the wall yet. You have no understanding that your unit does or doesn't leak. So, just, you know, get some proof before you say that. The next, you know, manufacturer says this will last 50 years or the, you know, the person who installed these windows gives it a lifetime guarantee. It's like, well, all warranties, all guarantees require installation per manufacturer's instructions. So when you cut off the pin, you don't support it, you don't put in, you know, spray foam, you don't do this stuff, you don't tie it together correctly, you don't deny your warranty. They'll just say, I'm sorry, it's not installed correctly. Um, you don't have one. So the warranty you're claiming you have is about as valuable as the paper it's typed. So, you know, another one, the billing department suspected this. It must have been okay. Well, the billing department doesn't look for waterproofing issues. They look for structural, fire, plumbing, electrical, a little bit of framing, and a final. And so they don't, they don't see if this window is installed correctly. Uh, you know, my homeowner's homeowner, or I had a home inspection when I bought it, and they didn't find the stuff. Well, they only do a visual inspection. They don't do invasive openings. They, they, they don't even move the couch to look behind the couch. Um, you know, it's just, it's a very high-level inspection. So just because they didn't find something uh, doesn't mean it's good. Uh, you know, my brother-in-law is a contractor. Well, if your brother-in-law contractor is so good, and we know he was on site last Thanksgiving and last Christmas, why didn't he catch? Uh, why didn't he catch this stuff then? And so, 
you know, have your brother-in-law take a peek, have him do his own investigation and come back and share some photos with us. If he wants to share photos of no damage and pristine conditions, let's talk, right? So denial is the first thing, and that's just not following through, just not hearing the, denial is the, is the, it's just no, I'm just not gonna listen. And so town hall meetings, first town hall meeting, we're gonna talk about the report. Second town hall meeting, we'll talk more about it or we'll ask for bids. Third town hall meeting, we will take your questions. Fourth meeting, we'll have a vote. You've now had the report for 90 days. You've had time to run your brother-in-law around. You've, you've asked for special permission to pull off some siding. You've formulated your own plan and hired a second opinion to rebut what, what, what is being said in this. And then you can present your case at you know, the third town hall or the final meeting saying, here's why we shouldn't vote for this. We've gone out and got a second opinion and we have all this information that rebuts everything. And now we come to a different place of talking about So, uh, Okay, yeah, <laughs> next one is conspiracy. There is something more sinister going on. These guys are all in bed together. They're all getting kickbacks. Okay, so... I have seen that. It happens less than 1% of the time. And here's how it usually happens. Um, it is, this is the only company I recommend. Uh, everybody else is a loser. And even if they want to one-up that, if you don't hire them, I'm out too. Oh, really? Okay. So you only work with that guy. And if, and if I don't hire the second guy, you're going to quit on me because why? Because you're so offended that nobody else can do the work? Wait a second. There's something going on. There's some kind of tie, and we got a big old deeper there. Um, you know, it, it happens. It just doesn't happen that much. And so watch out for the, you know, the same person on the fear selling the cure. So you need new windows, says the window contractor. It's what he sells. So I mean, I kind of get it. Maybe we should hire a consultant that doesn't sell windows to tell us how the windows are good. Or maybe there's common ownership. You know, maybe the contractor company has a uh, project management division for repairs, or maybe the consultant has a contracting arm. So they're telling you what's wrong over here and charging you to fix it. So yeah, you might want to do a little bit more. Hey, let's talk about common ownership. Uh, how much of your work is with this one company? Um, oh, you only work for insurance carriers. Oh, that's weird. Um, you know, so double check the double check the references, double check the recommendations, and just see. see funny business. Most of the conspiracy stuff again is really kind of conspiracy. It kind of comes out of left field. These guys are all in bed together. Really, you know, hard is to run a business, much less. Partnership deals around everything. So anyway, watch out for that. Um, avoid long meetings. You know, and this is this is just a meeting technique. Have an agenda. Stick to it. If it's big enough, break it into meeting one, meeting two. Um, always have a meeting runner, especially today in Zoom. Can they mute people? Can they kick them out? Can they end the meeting? You as a board, if a meeting gets unruly, you can always just say the meeting is adjourned. You can't conduct business with people continuing to interrupt and yell and scream and have temper tantrums and act childish. 
So it's just be prepared to do that. Hopefully you don't have to. Um, we, were, we were in another meeting a couple of weeks ago. <laughs> the attorney started the meeting in a very powerful way. Said, I'm going to ask all the, all the professionals here to go around the room, name, state their name, state the company they're with, state their hourly rate. Ooh, interesting. Nice intro. Well, I charge 150 bucks an hour. I charge 300 bucks an hour. I charge 500 bucks an hour. And I'm an attorney. I charge a lot of money. And I'm a manager for special meetings. I charge X amount for my contract. And okay, add this up. Oh, okay, $900 an hour divided by 60, $15 a minute. All of a sudden, a lot of self policing takes over when everybody in the room says, Ooh, no more long drawn out stories, no more complaining, no more, you know, 30 years ago, I'm around. And you actually have people saying, Hey, you're costing 15 bucks a minute, get to the point. Interesting. Okay. And, and this is in for extreme situations where people are out of control, but let's, let's understand what, you know, the professionals are charging to be there. And do we want to hear somebody just drone on because they now have the power of the microphone? So, okay. So the next topic, a bad plan is better than no plan. And so if you want to make, you know, if you want change, make a plan. Stop yelling, stop threatening, stop just having little blow-ups. Um, you know, get a second opinion. It's going to cost money, uh, but say, you know what? We're looking at a $3 million repair. I'd like to spend $15,000 for a second opinion. Can we do that? And it's really, you know, 1% 1 or 1.5% of the cost to do this. Uh, I think we'd be... You know, if we find any cost savings or if we find that we maybe don't have to do it, uh, that'll be money well spent. Um, you know, you'll have another perspective. Uh, do you want to overthrow the board? Then hire an attorney and get working on it. Uh, we have two of those projects ready. So you've got two boards. So I'm the new board that's thrown out the old board. And I don't even have the old board that comes back and sues the coup board. Ooh, it's wild and crazy, but you know, bottom line, stop lighting the torches, sharpening pitchforks, creating gossip panels. They always fail. And so if you want to overthrow the board, just go ask them. Most board members don't want to be in this predicament. And they're like, yeah, you know, I'll just resign. Ugh. So now we're back to volunteers again. And now we're back to subcommittees or or good involvement or good communication. So this one's kind of going off track, but if, if you want to overthrow the board, make a plan. Make a plan, overthrow the board. Uh, tyrannical boards are no fun. And, and they drive projects into the dirt, you see it. And they often do it poorly. And then they often get sued about it later because they didn't understand the rules. And so even, even educating that going down the path saying, you're trying to do something you can't do. And so I'm going to start suing you right now because you're not following the current document. So do I need to sue you or are you gonna get in shape and follow the rules and we'll get back on track? So that's the, that's the plan. Make a plan, forget about the, I'm gonna you know, libel them and defame them on Facebook and I'll teach them. And so anyway, okay. Zoom doom. 
<laughs> get back in person or at least hybrid if you can. You know, again, have that good moderator to commute or kick out. <clears throat> uh, we're in this funny time for the first time in human history. I can just turn you off. I don't even have to look at you in the eyes anymore. I can turn off my video. And so if I turn off my video, my 70% of body language communication goes away, right? And you can't see my eyes. You can't see the stress. You can't see the, what I'm trying to communicate with you. And, you know, it has its place, but try to get it, try to get hybrid meetings going at least. Here's the, you know, back to the one time in human history. If I wanted to confront someone, I would go up to them and say, I think you're methodology is flawed. So then they have three choices. They can defend a position. They can say, no, it's not. Here's why. Or they can listen and change. Well, what do you mean? Tell me more. Oh, yeah, I didn't think about that. I guess you're right. Let's change. Or they can pack up their things and leave or turn and run. And so that's how human history has been. And now I can just go click. Oh, gee, I guess I had bad, uh, bad reception. No, yeah, well, I missed that part of the meeting. I, I, I lost reception. We saw that uh, two months ago. When confronted, the confront, confrontees turned off their Zoom and ghosted. Walked away. See you later. I don't have to answer you. Wow, for the first time in history, we can do that. So let's try to get away from that. Uh, let the professionals zoom in to control costs. We don't have to pay them to drive to the library and, at seven o'clock, and we don't have to pay them to drive back to the office. Let them zoom in, put them on the big screen. They can talk, they can answer questions, they can share their screen, they can show their report instead of going through a PowerPoint. Um, yeah, that'd be a great way to save costs. Uh, zoom, you know, getting into hybrid again eliminates keyboard warrior. What's that? You know, somebody who feels more brave to type, you know, nasty things uh, instead of being there in person and having to look you in the eye. Uh, watch out for six people are in one room arguing because they're chattering and they're talking. Just that, even though it's one video, it, it gets out of control. Maybe you can mute that person, but uh, anyway. Unless we're running just a hair long, but there's so much I want residents to know. So we'll keep bombing through here. Conclusion. Yeah, here's just wrapping up and we'll get to QA. Communicate well, know the rule book, look for the exceptions, be courteous, respectful, be a good neighbor, expect difficult difficulty sometimes, and then you'll create an awesome community when you do it. So these are things we wanted to bring up to every resident. You can share them with your residents. Uh, enter in your comments. We can see your comments. You know, once it's once it's uh, YouTube, and we actually uh, YouTube. Uh, you can comment wherever you see this, but we can pull some of those comments uh, from the replays and uh, answer those questions next month. So let's get on to Q and A. Ding ding ding. We've got two. Okay, let's see here. Phil, Phil is a is a, is a repeat uh, webinar attendee, and he asks good questions. Should we be concerned with areas of white residue on the concrete ceilings and walls of a condo parking garage? What maintenance should be done, if at all? Yes, the white stuff you're talking about is effluorescence. 
The bubbles in the champagne that make your nose tingle is effervescence. Effluorescence, floor spelled like flower. Effluorescence is salts coming through the uh, concrete. So it's water that flows through the concrete, it pulls out salts, it shows up like a white, white, uh, it even gets stalactites and stalagmites, whatever's hanging down in the cave, you know. So uh, white residue, first of all, keep a quick eye on it. Do you see it dripping? Is there a lot of water coming through or is it just, is it just the white stuff and no stalactites? It's just the way I said it might be slurry from construction, but if you can definitely see water dripping down or, or things hanging, they, I've seen six inches tall. And, and then what happens is that stuff uh, drips on cars because it has salt and lye, totally destroys the paint. Uh, and so all of a sudden now you've got, what do we have now? We have a common area called the parking garage damaging my property. So who pays for what? And who covers my insurance deductible for my car to get my paint redone? See why we do these? So, um, yeah, take a look at it. If it's dripping, if there's a lot of water coming through it, you know, we definitely got to get to that because water flowing through concrete will hit the steel reinforcing of the concrete. Steel and water don't get along. You can see where we're going. So, what maintenance should be done? Check the waterproofing on top. Why is it leaking? So, we've seen interstitial floors, you know, the second or third floor leak because of snow on the tires and on your wheel wells, you know, as your car melts, there's a puddle of snow dripping and it turns to water and it runs through. So if you can rule out you know, snow brought in by cars, um, oftentimes if it's a plaza deck, it might be, you know, think about the big garage as a square, but now I've put a building over it and I have some little alcoves. Maybe there's some landscaping, uh, flower beds in those alcoves uh, in order to get the irrigation into the flower beds. The electric can drill the hole or the plumber drill the hole, punch through the waterproofing. So now the waterproofing leaks into that. So that's, you can kind of start. What we're going to do is we're going to look at a set of plans and say, eh, let's investigate there. there. And anonymous attendee, sorry if I missed this, but could you speak to the pros and cons of being self-managed versus property, professional managed? Okay, we will see it. Uh, self-managed means it's typically a smaller association. They don't want to pay a monthly fee for a property manager. And then self-managed means uh, somebody, the treasurer on the board is going to do the books. And this, this may work if you have four units and we just got to keep track of four things. I hope you're feeling love to that treasure and buying them a nice dinner somewhere and, and doing all that. Um, a lot of rules, compliance issues are changing, especially with rentals, especially with uh, condo acts uh, being revised and changing and things like that. Good managers keep you aware of that stuff. Um, there's nothing wrong with self-managed. It's like doing your own books uh, versus professionally, you know, having your taxes prepared by somebody. So it's the accountant knows all of 2023's write-offs or 2022's tax law changes. And you usually find that if you have any kind of complicated tax situation, you're better off having a tax preparer, a tax professional do it. Uh, if you're small and you just have one W-2, you can do HR block and, you know, there's pros and cons. Once I, I'd say 
if you're running a super tight ship and they're happy with staying in compliance and you're sending them to education programs and you're 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 assuming you're taking on the role of managers. So then is there going to be any kind of liability? A good manager would have caught that. And you were just kind of doing the books and the free copy of the QuickBooks and you didn't do full manage. So ask around, ask your HOA attorney, ask, you know, a few other boards, get on some forums. Um there's there's bad professional managers, don't get me wrong, but good professional managers will really keep you out of trouble and keep you in the plans. So next one, Koi. Koi is another popular, popular attendee here, asking of questions. For big projects, what social platforms have you seen used for communicating with the community beyond Facebook? Should we maintain our own internal website or just use emails? <laughs> Good question. I'm now watching Facebook use go down. Um, you know, uh, any, ask your members, um, there are, you know, what are the statistics? Um, email opening is like five to 10% or 15%. I can kind of ignore my emails, right? Text opening and voicemail opening are 98%. Oh, who texted me? I got one, one bubble. And so there's actually some testing texting services. I think MailChimp has a free one, constant contact. Look for SMS services. So what does that SMS stand for? It's basically text, but it allows you to have a dashboard and be able to send out messages, be able to, you know, hopefully attach attachments. Problem with text is sometimes you can't attach things, attach documents. Here's the meeting minutes from the meeting. Uh, but you could text them as well as email them. Uh, you know, nothing's wrong with email and just as long as you're not abusing it, this is coming from the board, please read it. Maybe there's two messages around it. Maybe it has an automated reminder. Hey, you haven't read the email yet. Uh, look at your email system and doing that. Um, Facebook pages work well if the community's all on Facebook or, you know, websites. That was kind of five years ago. We'll build you a website. Somebody has to maintain it. Somebody has to... A lot of maintenance, a lot of setup, a lot of stuff around that. You can do that quickly and easily, and people would use it. I have a feeling in a couple of years, apps will be so cheap, you'll just have an HOA app. Um, yeah, good. Yeah, I mean, I'll give you some insight. We have uh, two board avatars. Barbara, the board member, is 70 years old. She prints up every meeting minute. She puts it in a three-minute binder. She carries that binder to every meeting. She is a wealth of information. She has everything printed. She writes. She has post-it notes, all everything. That's the way she does it. And then Brandon, the board member, is 20-something, is works in high tech. And if he can't docu-sign something, you're fired. And so everything's on his phone. Everything is, you know, everything's electronic. And so who are you as a community? And so are you a printer, printer carrying binder and printer? Or are you a, uh, you know, hey, everything's on our phone. I've, I can walk into communities, walk into board meetings and realize everybody's high tech and we gotta be on our high tech game. And I can go to other communities and say, we don't even, we don't even use email. She doesn't have an email account. 
<laughs> it's like, wow. So nothing beats a bright pink flyer taped to your door. Um, you know, in old school, we just, you can't not miss it. And so um, good communication in elevator walls or in the front lobby next to the mailboxes. Sometimes old school is best school with just a print. We're going to put it right there. People actually see it. They read it instead of sorting through 100 emails to try to find it. Yeah, there's some ideas for you. So, all right. Sorry, we ran long, but everything we want the residents to know, uh, that is it. So let's get to the giveaways. Ding, 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 ding. Okay, I'm going to pick a number. Here's how the giveaways work. Uh, in live attendance, uh, we have 10 people live today. And so the number is six. Six will get called or chatted by Ben in the chat. So he's going to get a hold of you. We have a nice gift box. Got coffee. It's got one of these thermos mugs for, you know, hey, wine fits perfectly in there for the afternoon. Coffee maybe in the morning. And uh, some other chachi. We got tea measures, all sorts of things. But good, good stuff for you. It's a fun little present. So he's going to be reaching out to number six to get them the thing. And then while we're doing that, we have free resources for board managers. Check out our webpage, j2consultants.com slash resources. Check out YouTube, over 300 videos over there. And then next month's kind of exciting. This is a, yeah, this will be fun. So we do this every, the last Tuesday of every month. So we're back on May 30th. May is Mental Health Awareness Month. We will have two licensed therapists for a panel discussion. And it's not about mental health from a policing standpoint, but really from a helping standpoint. We're seeing some trends. We're seeing, you know, we will, we're going to be talking about work or uh, repair, oversight, stress, and pounding on the walls and banging and all that stuff is just stressful and anxious, anxious producing. But we're also going to talk about mental health stuff. Um, and they will, they will lead us through that. We're going to talk about the rise in kind of bad behavior and this keyboard warrior and and I can swear at you when I don't have to look you in the eye uh, because you can't punch me anymore. Uh, and, and also, we've got an aging population. Baby boomers are aging. And with certain things, you know, uh, with Uber delivery and Uber travel, uh, maybe they don't have to, you know, maybe your population is getting older. People in your place are getting old and they really should be moving on to some assisted living but they're still living there in the condo and how this needs to be helped and thought about and worked through as a good, healthy community. So it's going to be a good show next, next month, May 30th. Uh, watch out for that. If you're already on this, you'll get an auto reminder. And uh, thank you all. Thank you all for attending a hair long today. So you've been an awesome group and uh, have a great rest of your day. Thank you.